Microsoft released an update to the SharePoint framework with version 1.16 and 1.16.1 in November of 2022. And this update included the following things, improvements to the form customizer context object, more control over the project builds and component manifests, updated versions and features for Microsoft Graph and Teams SDKs, new accessibility options with adaptive card extensions, updated the support for React, the React version, new support for creating Teams apps for Outlook, Office, and Office.com, new configuration action buttons for web parts, and one known regression that was already fixed, and squashed 16 to 21 issues and bugs. Now, in this video, I'm going to go over all of these different updates, and I'm going to share some additional things that I found after spending some time picking apart this latest release of the SharePoint framework. Hey, I'm Andrew, and if you're new here, subscribe to get notified of my future videos for developers on the SharePoint framework and related Microsoft 365 developer topics. All right, let's dig in. There's quite a lot in this release, and this includes a few significant quality improvements to the SharePoint framework API. Some changes, some fixes, some deprecations, and even one regression that's really not that big of a deal, and it's actually already been fixed in 1.16.1. I think the biggest thing that Microsoft is excited about in this release is the ability to use the SharePoint framework to create Teams apps that can also run in Outlook and in Office Clients and Office.com. But this capability is only released in beta, and it'll continue to be so well into 2023. Now, I'm going to cover that when we get to the beta features. But for now, I want to start with what's new. Everyone always wants to check out the new toys, especially since we're in the we're back in the holiday season for a lot of us. Now, all of the following things are considered generally available, meaning that they're fully deployed and supported right now. We're already seeing the first improvement to list form customization extensions that were introduced back in SharePoint Framework 1.15. So in this release, Microsoft added two properties to the form customizer object. The first is an item property. It's on the iForm customizer context object. Now, when you look at these at the docs, that only gives you a few of the properties like ID, content type ID, title, and unique ID of the item. And we can use this to get data about the item. The second addition is the addition of a property called client form custom formatter. And that's on the content type for an item. Now using this, you can get the custom JSON formatter from the form. Now, Microsoft also added support to the request for uh, when you request the Microsoft Graph JavaScript SDK version 3 in the SharePoint Framework 1.15 release. But building off that improvement, in this release, they're adding support for using Microsoft Graph's support for middleware that you can use on the, on the Graph client. What is middleware? Well, it enables developers to customize the Graph client such as adding custom logging or add a test handler using middleware. So to do this, what you do is you're going to set your custom middleware using the get client with middleware uh, method instead of using the existing get client method that we have on the Microsoft Graph Client Factory in the SharePoint Framework API. This new method accepts a second parameter where you can specify options when you initialize the client. This options object of type client options contains a middleware property, and you can set that to customize your own middleware. Now, are you familiar with using middleware for Microsoft Graph? If you're not, or if you want to see a video about it, let me know and drop a comment below so I maybe create a video on that. Now, let's talk about accessibility improvements in this release related to adaptive card extensions or ACEs, and specifically in the image card view. Now, in this release, you can set the alt text that's added to an image element in the rendered card view. 
This is set using a new property, image alt text, on the existing iImage card parameters interface. Now this SharePoint framework release includes a few new additions to projects that you can take advantage of. Now this first one is mostly for ISVs whose manifests are managed separately from the deployed code. The data version property within a web part that enables developers to keep track of the version of the data that's stored related to their web part. For example, maybe version one of the web part had three properties that are all strings, but version two of the web part expects there to be two strings and one stringified JSON object or maybe a date. While this has been possible since the very initial release of the SharePoint framework, one challenge is that ISVs have is that when they deploy the code for their web part projects to their own CDNs and simply distribute the SharePoint package files to the customers for their install, they don't have the ability to kind of manage the code and the configuration at the same time as easily. The challenge with this approach is that the data version property is tied to the bundle that's managed by the ISV rather than the web parts manifest that's managed by the customer as is part of the SharePoint package that they have to update. So in this release, Microsoft has added the data version property to the components manifest pre-configured entries section. And this is gonna allow ISVs to set the data version property via the manifest file instead of just using the data version property in the base components class as their only option. If the data version property is set in the manifest, SharePoint uses that as the initial value for the data version property on the component, the same way as it's used for other public properties. The second improvement to a SharePoint project is an update to the project's uh, Yeoman configuration file that's hidden. It's the .yorc.json file on the root of a project. This now includes a new property called SDK version that lists the client JavaScript SDKs that are supported by the SharePoint framework API that you're using when you created the project. Now, finally, the third update gives developers more control over SaaS processing during builds. Now, this is best explained if you understand the problem that this challenge addresses. Now, I wasn't terribly clear on the reasoning and the history, so I checked with a good friend of mine, Stefan Bauer, who filled me in on the following. In the SharePoint Framework 1.15 release, Microsoft changed the SAS processor uh, that the tool chain used to generate CSS files from the NPM package node SAS to just SAS. The SAS package is a pure JavaScript implementation of the now deprecated Dart SAS package. Why? Well, for one reason, the Node SAS package was deprecated way back in 2018. And the other reason is that the SAS package is just plain faster. Changes in the CSS language required to rethink some of the SAS language paradigms to make it clear for the developer what a CSS definition is and what it needs, what needs to be processed by SAS. So why is it taking so long to switch? I can't answer that. But We've all seen that Microsoft 365, especially the SharePoint framework, has a track record of using old and outdated packages. Hello, React? Well, I digress. We'll come back to that later. When Microsoft made this change, their SaaS implementation was a little flawed, so they had to fix a few syntax errors as their code was outdated. And once these things were fixed, they introduced a bunch of deprecation warnings from the SaaS processor. Other people had already dealt with this in their projects, their non-SharePoint framework projects, and they got the SAS package maintainers to add a way to suppress these warnings caused by the dependencies, which is any file that's loaded through an importer or load paths. In other words, they needed a way to silence warnings caused by dependencies that you don't own or the code that's potentially um, inside of your SharePoint framework web, uh, web part project. And this also happens even to partial files in the same SharePoint framework package. 
Well, we in the SharePoint framework world didn't have a way to do this in SharePoint framework projects after the 1.15 release until now. Stefan and Julie Turner, two of the uh, maintainers for the HTO library, an open source implementation of the Fluent UI design language, they pushed Microsoft to support this feature to silence those dependencies. Did I get all that right, Stefan? Yes. Okay, cool. Thanks, Stefan. Appreciate it. Now, if you want to learn more about SaaS with SharePoint Framework and this change, go check out Stefan's blog post on this topic, What's New with SaaS in the SharePoint Framework 1.16. I've left a link to it in the, in the description below. He knows a lot more about this than I do and probably explains a lot better than me as well. So now, starting in the SharePoint Framework 1.16, you can add a new file, config sas.json, to your project to silence warnings in your builds. And you just have to have a file, a JSON file that contains the quiet depths property set to true. Now that I've covered all the new stuff that's in this release that's generally available, let's talk about some of the changes that are also generally available in 1.16. Microsoft updated the Teams SDK included in the SharePoint Framework API to version 2. Now this change has two side effects. It changes how you obtain a Teams context when your app is running within Teams the second time that Microsoft has made a change of this API to us. The old way of obtaining a context using the context.sdks.microsoftteams.context property, well, that object is now deprecated. And now you should use the context.sdks.microsoftteams.teamsjs.app.getContext method to get an instance of the V2 SDK. That's the V2 way of doing it. The other side effect to this change is that this is going to enable us to create Teams apps with the SharePoint framework that can run in Outlook, Office Clients, and Office.com. This capability is a new feature that was supported in the V2 of the Teams um, JavaScript SDK uh, that we are now using inside the SharePoint framework. So it's no real change in the SharePoint framework. We're just leveraging a new SDK from the Teams group that supports this new capability to us. Now, another change is new projects now use React 17.0.1 by default. Finally, finally, Microsoft has updated the version of React that we can use in SharePoint Framework projects. We've been on React 16 for nearly three and a half years, going all the way back to SharePoint Framework version 1.7.0 that was released way back in April of 2019. But still, this is a little disappointing. Why? Well, React 17.0.1, that was released Two years ago, in October 2020, even the first version of the of the current major release, React 18, that was released eight months ago, back in March of 2022. Oh well, I guess it's progress, even if it's slow going. We actually noticed that Microsoft was rolling out React 17 in uh, SharePoint Online because some of my students started reaching out that they were suddenly seeing React projects break in their environments, even though they not have made any changes or any new deployments to them. And what that leads me to in the next thing is what changed in this release. So let's talk about some other things that have happened. Apparently, React 17 didn't work uh, the way that projects were using the official office.ui fabric React package. So after some investigation, Microsoft deprecated the old way of using the office UI fabric, uh, what's now called Fluent UI. The package that we used to reference was um, at Microsoft slash office dash UI dash fabric dash react dash bundle. That's been deprecated. And instead, we should now be using the fluent UI slash react package. This release of the SharePoint framework also drops support for Node.js version 12 and version 14. 
So at this point, the only supported version of Node.js that you can use with SharePoint Framework version 1.16 is Node.js version 16, although they are planning to support Node.js v18 in the next big release, or at least that's their plans and what they've said. Okay, finally, let's look at two things that you can start playing with in beta. Now remember, beta means that you can play with these things, but... They may change before they reach GA. And in fact, if we've seen in the past, like the SharePoint framework for Office add-ins, sometimes these features never reach GA. The first is the ability to use the SharePoint framework to create Microsoft Teams apps. And these types of apps can then be used in Microsoft Teams clients and in the future, Outlook, Office clients, and Outlook.com and Office.com. Now, this support is made possible by Microsoft, including the Teams JavaScript SDK version 2 in the SharePoint Framework API, something we've already covered. Now, here's how you can determine where your SharePoint Framework app is running, be that SharePoint, Microsoft Teams, Outlook, or an Office. First, if you want to check the this.context.sdks.microsoft.teams, and if that's defined, then you know you're not running inside of SharePoint. But otherwise, you can then get an instance of the context and look at the context properties. Um, specifically, the context has an app property and then a host property and then a name property. And that will tell you if you're running in um, Office, in Outlook, or in Office.com, or in Microsoft Teams. So as you can see, there's not much here um, that looks like it's beta. The part that's beta is the ability to run these apps in Outlook and in Office and in Office.com. So for now, the only way that you can test this is to ensure that your tenant's release configuration is set to the target of release, not standard release, when you make the change to your tenant. It's going to take five days for it to take effect. Now, in my experience of playing with this, this is certainly beta quality. Sometimes the app is loaded. Sometimes I couldn't even get it to install myself. Microsoft has said this feature is going to be available in the first half of 2023. So for now, you can, you can add this support to your app but you can't really guarantee that it's going to work outside of just SharePoint and Teams. It may or may not work inside of Outlook, Office, and Office.com while we're in this beta phase. Now, what do you think of these things? Would you like to create a Teams app for Outlook or Office with the SharePoint framework? And what kind of apps? Let me know by dropping a comment below. I think this is going to be an interesting discussion to have, and I'm really curious to talk more about it, but I want to hear what you think first. Or you can drop a comment if you want to see me do a video or two on this new feature. Now, the other feature that was added as a beta for uh, developers to try out are these things called top actions for web parts. And these enable developers to create custom actions on a web parts command bar. And these are accessible via the base web parts get top actions configuration method, similar to how we set the property pane configurations. Do you think that Microsoft wants to get rid of the property pane for web parts and start using these top actions instead? Let me know what you think in the comments below. And if you want to see a video on creating one of these in a web part, let me know by dropping a comment below and I might put that together for us. All right, so now let's talk about what's been fixed in this release. Now, the release notes for the SharePoint framework 1.16 include at least 16 things that were addressed as part of this release and another five things that were updated in the 1.16.1 release. So that's about 21 things that you see uh, that have been changed here. You'll find things like this uh, discussion about React. That was related to stuff that my students were finding. Um, I think it was the 8452 is the one that triggered this. Um, but they were seeing that all of a sudden their apps were suddenly breaking. And that's what caused Microsoft to realize that their 1.17 roll or their 17.0.1 rollout of React in SharePoint Online 
was breaking apps that were using a, a specific uh, reference to the um, Office UI Fabric React package. And so to fix that, they basically changed the guidance to say, don't use that one, use this other one instead. This other property here of, uh, or this other issue here of 8331 about pre-configured entries, this is the one related to the data version property I talked about earlier. This one was from an ISV that was asking, uh, could we move the data version property uh, to the manifest file um, in addition to just having it as a property um, in the web part itself? Now, if I jump over here to the 1.16 release, um, one thing that you did see, which is a regression that has been fixed now, is that there was a change in the underlying build uh, infrastructure on 1.16. When you would build your project, it would and, uh, create the SharePoint package. It created the SPPKG file, which is supposed to be a zip file that's a compressed archive of, of all the files that are going to get deployed, except in 1.16, it wasn't compressed. So the zip file was the exact same size as all the text files inside of it. Um, sometimes that resulted in a, pa in a package that was almost four times as big as what we had in the previous version of SharePoint Framework. That's been fixed. Um, and then there was a couple other things, little minor things that popped up that they fixed in 1.16.1. There was also a weird thing where like a reference in 1.16 was pointing to something that broke uh, server side. So they backed out 1.16 or they unpublished it, they went back to 1.16.0, and then they had to come back and republish 1.16.1. The result is you want to be using the most recent published version. That would be 1.16.1. That's the one you really want to be working with. Now, my goal in this post was to give you a solid overview on everything that you're going to find and then some in the SharePoint Framework 1.16 and the 1.16.1 release. What do you think about the changes in the SharePoint framework in the 1.16 and 1.16.1 associated release? Let me know. Drop a comment below and let me know if you want to see more videos about the SharePoint framework. And if you like this video, please give me a thumbs up and subscribe by smashing that big red subscribe button below um, below the video. So you'll see more videos uh, when I publish them or developers on the SharePoint framework uh, and SharePoint and Microsoft 365 developer topics. So until then, I'll see you in the next video.